If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, you guys hear me? Start cheering now! Let's get this over with! Woof woof. Hi, I am Mike Minotti and I am a Nintendog. Hi, I am Jeff Grubb and I am a Nintendog. And we are the last of the Nintendogs. Today we are talking about our favorite GameCube games. Uh, Mario's dead and now Dr. Mario's gonna die too. <laughs> and uh, Monster Hunter Rise is, is selling a lot. Uh, so we're gonna get to that. Now, there's also some more. Uh, breaking Activision Blizzard news to talk about. Yes. We'll get to that first. But Jeff, first, uh, h- how are you doing? I'm I'm okay. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, I, I have a problem. I actually don't have yeah. it here. But let me, uh, I'll just have the box here. So I'll just show you have, that. You have just one problem? Because that would surprise me. Okay, that's a good point. It's a very good point. But I have like a very specific problem that is relevant to this podcast. And Ooh. I can't stop buying these little handhelds. I keep buying <laughs> them. I bought another one. I didn't even like think about it. I was, it was like on Amazon. It was like 40 bucks. It's like a one that's like wow. a GBASP. How many of these do you need, Jeff? I don't know if we need to talk about the word need. Uh, that's, <laughs> I have that... none of these, to be clear. <laughs> I have zero. Listen, I do like to play games on handhelds. I like that a lot. I, I, I know you do. But you, I, how many do you need? I uh, I I don't need very many. I don't need as many as I have. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm around the kids a lot, and I want to play. But the problem is, I'm starting to get a lot of overlap where this thing does not do much that some of the other things do. Right. And those things do them like in so many cases they do them better. Uh, so I just got this thing because it was cute. I think I. I, I mean, don't that know. thing looks like a Game Boy Advance SP, right? Yes. Like that's the appeal. Yes, exactly. And it, it, like I, I like it because I, I, you know, I, if I do take these things with me, I don't want to take the ones that were like a hundred dollars and oh, they sure. don't clamshell. Well, what's so that one is, called? What's that one is, called? This is a Pow Kitty V90, I think. Excuse me. Pow yeah. Kitty V90. Yes. And uh, I mean, it's pretty good. It, it runs like Game Boy Advance games really well. Um, and everything so. else from that era, but it, you know, it also has like PlayStation stuff on there. It doesn't do PlayStation too well, though. That's the problem. But oh well. Uh, um, I still like it. Um, I just it's a problem now, and I'm definitely yes, gonna get. I agree. I'm definitely gonna get the analog pocket if I can, you know, get a chance yeah. to pre-order that again. I'm sure you already things. pre-ordered the cranky crank machine. I whatever. was about to, but the PR reached out to me, thank God, so I didn't have to actually do that oh, one. So you're just so, getting one, okay? So great. I'm just getting one, <laughs> right? Exactly. Great free cranks. Uh, yeah. I, I, Corrupt cranks. Hey, listen, I love the crank. I need as many cranks uh, as I can possibly get. Uh, did you also uh, buy one of those small Game Gear keychains too? I did from Japan. Like it's not even out yeah. here. 
I know. You don't like the Game Gear, do you? I don't like the Game Gear. <laughs> I'm I'm coming to you asking for help, Mike. Well, I'm telling you, stop being a bad person. I don't know. I can't help you too much. <sighs> You're awful. And you do oh, bad things. This is yeah. That's um. It's good to get this off my chest. I'm probably going to have another new one by next week. Who knows? You, all right. If you buy another one, you're giving it away to our listeners here. That's, that's what, what I'm going to say. Here's what I'll do a video on all of them. Talk about what I like. Talk about my sure. favorites. And then I will start giving them away. That's a good idea. There, yeah, there you go. To me. All right, Jeff. Are you ready for some more Activision Blizzard news? Yeah, let's talk about this. So, you know, like it's kind of a tradition now with this podcast where it happens yeah. right before this. So, well, they do release games on Nintendo's console, so it's not like it's completely unrelated. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, uh, this morning, uh, pretty early in the morning, Activision Blizzard announced that Jay Allen Brack is no longer the president of Blizzard. Uh, Jen O'Neill, who was uh, actually the head of a uh, of uh, Vicarious Visions, which just got absorbed into Blizzard earlier this year. She's now going to co-lead the studio of Mike Yabara, who was uh, who joined uh, Blizzard in 2018. And before that, he was with Xbox, actually. So those are going to be the new co-heads of Blizzard. Both of them uh, kind of kind of outsiders, like technically with the company. Yabara with the company for a few years. But I think it's very clear that, that they are saying these people are not as tainted by like the history of of that toxic uh, fraternity-like culture as maybe some of the other choices we may have expected to, to, to become the new president are, right? right. Like this isn't a co-founder. This isn't somebody who's been working on World of Warcraft since 2005 or 2004. These people are relatively newer executives there. Right. And, um, you know, uh, it, no, none of these, no company is, is free of this stuff completely. But, um, you know, I, I know, like, Microsoft has pretty good track record of trying to stay on top of these things and like doing like taking a lot of um you know corporate training very seriously and so bringing in someone that has that legacy is, is going to help and and vicarious visions you never hear anything but good things about them so yeah uh, and, and also it, it, you, you said it's jen o'neill's that's a woman right so that helps yes. too right and yeah and i think you know and not that she's not qualified aside from that like i said she's of course i mean no, vicarious, vicarious, vicarious visions. visions uh track record has been better than blizzards like Absolutely. maybe blizzard should have become a support studio for vicarious visions maybe yeah. but uh right no like you know she obviously did uh fantastic uh work there so i think i think i think these are both uh i, I know less about yabara oh uh, general neil also talked at our games beat events before okay i think you uh, might have been at a game speed event too as well yes so. so uh i mike I, I see some people in chat asking and i think we know the answer to this but so when is it bobby Kotick's turn to step well, down so i mean well, well first off I, I don't know if uh brack stepped down i think right. he was pushed out by uh, Kotick, and i mean look the timing of this is largely in because their earnings are being reported today so they had to do something to say that Kotick's not going to fire himself the only way he is out is if, um, you know, the shareholders turn against him. That's one of the reasons why this is happening now. Uh, so, it, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Right, this is, this is all happening. Like, this is all happening because this is what Bobby Kotick wants, right? That's what we're that like. This is the the, the, the idea that we're having here, right? Because, uh, you know, J. Allen Breck stepping down and gives him some pressure off when he does to go to report the earnings today. And mm-hmm. this is not like some uh, thing coming from outside that is like, uh, oh, you have to do this, Bobby Kotick. It's like, no, like this is what I'm going to do to make sure that the pressure gets off of me. It's it's a little bit of scapegoating, right? That kind of is what it well, feels like. It, it, it's kind of scapegoating, but I also I also don't want it to be like, oh, Brack did nothing wrong. Of course not. I uh, mean, look, look, Brack's been in charge uh, at Blizzard for 
what, a few years since 2018. And uh, it's not been a good tenure. And, you know, I, I guess you can argue how much of it is his fault or not, but he's the guy in charge. The buck stops with him. But we had, you know, that that the Hong Kong Hearthstone thing. Uh, we had Warcraft 3 Reforged, the kind of reputation of World of Warcraft tanking even before all this stuff. And now this, you know, this lawsuit from California, it's, you know, like how much worse do things have to get, right? Yep. And it's not like I've been seeing a lot of Blizzard employees or ex-Blizzard employees coming out and be like, oh, no, don't put the blame on Brack, right? Right. Uh, there, there hasn't been a whole lot of people jumping to his defense or anything. And, uh, so... Yeah, I think he had to go. I think that this was a move we kind of all saw coming. I mean, it does benefit Kotick. It absolutely does. But I think it's still probably the right call. There needs to be big changes at Blizzard. Yeah, I think I, I wish Bobby would go too. Uh, I just don't know how that happens. Again, that's going to be totally up to the board and to shareholders and stuff like that. And we'll get we'll get a feeling of that during the earnings call today, just how mad investors are and how many questions they have. And, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe there will be a question like, are you going to step down? Maybe that will happen. Right. And we'll hear what he says. He's going no. to say no. No. But we'll see how he justifies uh, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to speak to that point, uh, there's been lots of talks of lawsuits against uh, Activision Blizzard from shareholders. These are things like if shareholders feel like they weren't given, uh, you know, adequate heads up about something that could affect share price then the, com- the company could get sued. I think one of those have, have already been filed and there will probably be more than that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. It's definitely something that will probably come up today during the, the investor call. Right. Like the actual earnings won't reflect too much of what's been happening because the earnings period will be before all of this yeah. happened, I think. Right. right? Uh, so, but the questions are where things are going to be interesting there. So yeah, I mean, you, you know, uh, later the same day, uh, a kind of new coalition of Activision Blizzard employees uh, called the ABK Workers Alliance. The K- it's Activision Blizzard King is what ABK stands right. for. They released a letter that I- IGN published that um, kind of reiterating, you know, they had those four demands that they were asking for that haven't really been uh, sort of addressed yet. The uh, the demands were an end to mandatory arbitration clauses in all employee contracts. The adoption of recruiting, interviewing, hiring, and promotion policies designed to improve representation among all employees, publication of data on relative compensation, and a task force to hire a third party to audit the company's reporting structure and HR department and executive staff. Now, what what Activision Blizzard did was that they hired that law firm, uh, Wilmer Hale, and this letter is basically criticizing that decision and saying it can't be these guys, it needs to be something else. And also saying, you know, that their all of their points have remained uh, unaddressed here. The letter, I don't think, even mentioned uh, jail and Brack or anything like that. The letter was probably even written before this, really, if it came out today. Yeah, um, this is it's not going to go away. We'll have more about this in the future, I'm sure. But like right now, I'm, I'm like ready to hear what these earnings are going to be like. See what happens next. I, I bet that um, I bet getting rid of jail and Brack doesn't actually change much. It doesn't. I don't think it's going to like cool the temperature within Blizzard or anything like that. Uh, very much so. Uh, I, I bet we'll still be talking about this a lot. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's you know, there's so many questions like what do what does managers? I think it's I think it is good. I think one of the problems with Breck is that since he came up, especially with that World of Warcraft team, like a lot of those people were his friends, and now he was their boss. Like he was, you know, probably close to Asfarabi, right? Or, or yeah. yeah, I think that's his name. And we know it's, it's mentioned in that report like he was kind of like lenient with them and he would kind of like you know give him a slap on the wrist when he was misbehaving and it wasn't until what was it last year he was finally fired it seemed like he should have been let go forever ago you know it, it's one of these problems where you have this this big culture of oh we're all a big family here 
sometimes families are, uh, are, are, are weird and awful and let bad things happen because, oh, your family, <laughs> right. I forget, right? I forgive right. you. It's, it's not a good thing. So, you know, I, I, doing a refresh on leadership, I, I'm slightly optimistic about that. Again, it depends on these people, but I think it's a good thing. I think it needs to happen. I, I, I think that you have to have that if you're going to change the culture. Yep. And we'll see okay. if they can. It's a tall order, but at least something's happening. What's the, what else is happening in, in the world of Nintendo? Well, so Capcom released some some numbers, and among that was that Monster Hunter Rise has now sold over 7 million copies on the Switch. That Those are pretty good numbers, especially like, like those are almost Nintendo numbers, but for a third-party game. And Monster Hunter Rise is, I think, one of those like, super big third-party games on the switch that you can almost associate like like in that same level as luigi's mansion 3 or something right again luigi's mansion 3 is like this kind of interesting barometer for me because that one sold 10 million so it's like man that's like that seems bizarrely good and monster hunter rise is probably going to get to that 10 million number probably uh, at some point uh to give you some idea of comparison monster hunter world which is the one that came out a few years earlier and it came out on xbox playstation and pc that has sold over 17 million copies yeah, but man, this series is uh, gosh, like since yeah, world, it, right? They yep, cracked just, the Western market keeps finally. Bigger and bigger. Yep, it's like uh, you know, we we always heard about Monster Hunter from Japan. I mean, I know that it had its fans in the West uh, before that, but um, you know, forever it was like the biggest thing in Japan. Like you would talk about games, we talk about what's the biggest thing in the world, and Monster Hunter would always come up. You're like, keep in mind, like people camp out for this stuff and whenever a new game comes out it's 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 all anyone plays over there so uh but now they've really been able to grow it worldwide and and now it has a similar following around the world so uh yeah and you're right it's 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 since world world like was a very good way to like get more people into it by uh roughing up sanding off some of the rough edges and um making it like just look really really great and releasing it everywhere and now they can kind of have these two things keep going like have have another rise have another world and just keep going in those two different directions and have one on the switch dedicated to like handheld gaming and i think it's going to work out really well for them yeah you know it was a bit of an investment to say we're making you know a separate monster hunter kind of series for uh for the switch it's not just going to be like an adaptation of monster hunter world right and that, like that paid off really well because they made a game that really plays off the switch's strengths it was able to kind of differentiate itself from world in some interesting ways and yeah like there's there's definitely going to be a monster hunter world too and there's going to be a monster hunter rise too and they are both going to sell millions and millions of copies uh man capcom capcom sure to seem to be in a pretty good spot compared to a lot of these other companies lately huh yeah. Yes. They, they've uh, really figured out like what works for them. They leaned really hard into the stuff that was the biggest success and they just kind of forgot everything else. And it's working. I mean, I, I, it helps if you have a franchise that is that that is as popular as Monster Hunter or Resident Evil. Um, but they really have not dropped the ball on either of those things, even when they have had even like minor missteps. Those always just feel like they are part of a continuation of. Uh, getting to where they where they want these franchises to be in the first place, so it always kind of leads to them having more success down the road. Hmm. So, do you think we're getting that Resident Evil Switch exclusive game? Yeah, I, I bet we will. I bet I bet that's coming. Yeah, that's that seems to make a lot of sense. Uh, Capcom has had a lot of success with the Switch. Resident Evil's had so, like some history with the Nintendo, with like Resident Evil Four on GameCube, and, and then the Resident Evil Revelations on DS. Yes, exactly. So there's this 3DS. could work. Yeah, 3DS. This could um, this could work really well for them. 
So, free content came to new Pokemon Snap. Introduced 20 new Pokemon you can discover, some kind of new pass-through levels, including a section where you can shrink down to photograph some bug Pokemon. Jeff, this almost just kind of made me feel bad about new Pokemon Snap, because I'm somebody who, like, for probably 20 years was like, they should make a new Pokemon Snap. <laughs> and then they did, and I haven't touched it. I haven't played it. I yeah, haven't same. bought it. I'm, I'm going like, to buy it. I am going to get it eventually. I just haven't... I just, it hasn't fit into my my life in any way any recently, and we like we didn't review it, so it was like it kind of passed us by. Uh, but if I, you know, I'm I'm gonna take some time off here pretty soon. I might that might be the kind of game that I would just want to play when I want to chill yeah, out. It seems like it's a kind of like, like, like vacation game. game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like yeah, this is what we're gonna do tonight, everybody. Like have the ki- I'm sure the kids would enjoy that sort of stuff. So have them come watch me play. That, that I mean, but. I'm glad that they're supporting it, and it has. It does seem like it was pretty successful. It seems like it did pretty good. Oh, sure. I mean, it's a Pokemon game. Are you excited? Right. Do you like bugs? Your kids like bugs. Are they going to yes, like the bug my kids Pokemon? love bugs. Yes, they really do. I mean, they're um, named Grub, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, they they love bugs. They love ants, especially, but all kinds of bugs. And they'll go out there. And my wife hates most of them, and I I hate spiders. But um, they have the, I, I help my I got my girls like little like. Uh, vests like explorer vest and like little bug Ooh. containment things and they go out there like almost like every day and try to find ants and stuff um that's cool so i bet they'll enjoy this that's a good point yeah you know v- uh vitor fc sent us a super chat and we'll, we'll get that to that later when we get to our questions but yes if you guys have questions you can send in for super chats and uh we're gonna be talking about favorite gamecube games later if you want to tell us about your favorite gamecube game you can send that in via a super chat as well. I, guess I can hear Jeff typing away a message there to remind people yep. about the super chats. But yes, feel free to go ahead with that. All right, Jeff. Now we have some uh, some sad news here. Uh, Doctor Mario. We know he hasn't been doing well for a while now. He's been yep. on he's been on a ventilator. He's going to pull the plug himself. Uh, Self euthanation, right? Yep. Is that what it's called? Yeah, on November first. Yeah. <laughs> on November first, Doctor Mario World on mobile is uh, ending service here. Uh, Jeff, is this just about Dr. Mario World not not doing well, or is this about Nintendo's whole mobile strategy kind I, of uh, I, I bet there's here? a little bit of both, right? There's probably a little bit of like, ah, we don't need to be worried about mobile so much right now. We, we've known they felt that way for a bit, where a lot of these games just didn't do what they expected them to do, and they're doing fine on Switch, so they don't need to like be making such a huge investment into mobile. But Dr. Mario seems like one that uh, was specifically ignored by most players like i, I right. i'd be surprised I'll, I'll you know i'll put a poll in chat but I'll, I'll i'll ask you know have you even played this game did you ever even install it which i did not i never even tried no. it so no. and i if, if a dr mario game came out on like nintendo switch online i bet i i i bet i bet i would try it i'm not the biggest dr mario fan but i bet i would try it but on mobile i just don't care I think it's like, I, yeah i don't really care about dr mario that much again if it was like a free thing on my switch like here's dr mario like all right that's fine but yeah, it's weird because you think mobile uh, puzzle games, sure, and that's probably what they were right. thinking. But I, I think there's a reason why, very specifically, like the match three thing works because it's very easy to do. Even when you're like start having to like turn shapes on mobile, it becomes slightly more annoying and frustrating. So, but again, again, Nintendo's whole uh, mobile strategy happened because they were transitioning from the Wii U and they wanted to diversify. But then the Switch became a giant hit. They don't need to diversify anymore. Right. Yeah. I, it's uh, 
I mean, I'm sure they still want to keep an eye on it. I bet Fire Emblem Hero still does pretty well. I, right. I guess I haven't, I haven't looked at the charts in a while. I, you know, if a game gets into the top 10 on the grossing charts, it is like good for around a billion dollars a year. Like there's a lot of money to be made there. Um, but most of these games, I don't think we're ever kind of getting to that high. So they're like probably, you know, they're a tier or two down. Uh, I think Mario Kart is one they continue to sport a lot. I bet that is doing, it, it probably is making some money. I mean, it has like that monthly pass that you can buy into like a subscription right. so uh, i bet they're i bet they're some of these games are doing fine but if a game isn't it's just sort of like you know going on fumes uh or you know like on on a ventilator or whatever like yeah you're gonna have to pull the plug <laughs> how's dragalia lost doing i have no yeah a game i haven't thought, even thought about in forever even a Animal Crossing uh, Pocket Camp, right? Like you thought right. that would have been a big thing. You thought it would have got like a boost, maybe when uh, when New Horizons came out as a giant hit. Like not really. I'm sure there was some kind of a boost, but nothing crazy. What was the first thing that they released that wasn't really a game? That first mobile thing, Me, Me Tomo, or yeah, was, was it even called Me Tomo? I can't remember. Yeah. That weird thing. Tomo. Yeah, me and we all downloaded it because it was Nintendo's first mobile game. I liked game. it, but it was definitely... Of course you did. Yeah, of course I did, right. But it wasn't... Yeah, you're right. It, it came and went really fast, like most of the stuff on Nintendo. Yeah, yes, yes. All right, we have a bunch of questions here from uh, from our from our Patreons and our followers over on the Discord. If you're not on the Discord, you should join us there. Uh Jeff, do we have our special link still from Discord for that? Yeah, I think we got it back. Uh, Discord.gg slash Game Mess. So thank you, everybody, who's, who's been boosting the server. That helps us get that. Hopefully, eventually, we'll get uh, approved for, uh, like, being, a, you know, get a check mark on Discord, and then we could just have that forever. Uh, but for now, we have to keep boosting it. But people have been doing that. So we have Discord.gg slash Game Mess. It's free to join. There are ways, though. There are secret channels in there. You get in that by going to Patreon.com slash Jeff Grubb, which I think I am this week going to change to patreon.com slash game mess we'll figure right, it let out me, let me address this right now everyone's very upset that i'm drinking out of a subway cup and not an arby's cup right <laughs> now look yes i did go to subway today uh look the arby's aren't open indoors yet and when i go to lunch since i work at home i do like to sit inside of a restaurant so i go to subway uh look don't like, don't make me keep an arby's cup here so i have to pour my pop <laughs> into it like i'm not going to be inauthentic like that but yes i go to subway sometimes too i don't i don't love subway the way i love arby's it's not a portrayal i just see subway on the side sometimes yep i mean you gotta you gotta mix it up sometime to keep that love alive with arby's yeah absolutely right. yes look look All i right. don't eat arby's every day i'm not a cartoon character <laughs> right uh all right i'm glad you made that public statement to address these concerns of the crowd uh, yeah That's right. right let's get these questions yes if you guys have a question again you can send it in via super chat i saw we already had a couple of those but let's get to our patreon friends first nick turbo asks do you think the switch pro will have an ssd or we have to wait until next gen i'm man, i sure hope it does uh you know uh the two of this two versions of the steam deck are gonna have ssd and it seems like that more so than anything else is why people upgraded like once i realized that lowest version didn't have an ssd it was really out of the running for me and but there are some games on switch uh the world ends with you neo the world ends with you that is one where for the like really for the first time I was like I am really missing an SSD on the Switch because yeah. these load times are actually bothering me and I am getting very spoiled now because everything else I play games on now has an SSD. It's becoming a de facto and uh, it's 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 very painful and obvious when it's not on Nintendo right now. So what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, uh, I mean. 
I mean, it's going to be expensive to put in. That's the only issue. We know Nintendo right. wants to keep costs down. Right. They, they like they're using cheap eMMC memory, and even then, they're only putting in a very tiny bit. So uh, they, they clearly care about costs, and I understand that's like their their number one concern. Um, I do think a, a Switch Pro with an SSD would be a a no brainer at that point. They really could sell it for four hundred dollars easily, and no one would really complain. I think at that point, I mean, people would complain, but the SSD mm-hmm. would make it very much like no, this is this makes a lot of sense. The thing is going to be significant, significantly faster in a lot of ways that improve your quality of life when you're playing the games. Um, but it just seems it does seem too soon for Nintendo. Uh, it seems unlikely. I, I, I and I just don't. I don't know. I mean, they could do it. There's no reason they couldn't, uh, you know, in terms of the tech, in terms of the sizing, they could fit an SSD in there. No problem. SSDs are small. Um, but I, I just, in terms of Nintendo and costs, I don't know. I mean, look, it, we might not even have to wait for the next gen Switch. We could be getting a Switch Pro this year and then the next year getting the Switch Pro SSD, right? Yeah, honestly, yeah. To, yeah, right? Like, who, who knows? Yeah. I wish we'd get it on the next one because, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to really notice its absence. Mm-hmm. From Slippery Fished, do you think Nintendo missed the beat by not releasing follow-up versions of NES Classic with different collections of games? Uh, examples like rarities, sports, action-adventure. Uh, should Nintendo resurrect old IP from the NES days with a fresh look, and what would it be? So, super, two, two different questions here. First off, about the kind of, like, different versions of the NES Classic with different game libraries, like a sports edition. I don't know. I think, like... the. the I think at a certain point, people are just going to be like, why aren't they just all in, in one thing? Yeah. They're, they're NES games, right? No, I think they maybe could have done it anyways and made money. But uh, Nintendo's been so weird about these retro consoles. They made a zillion dollars, but they don't want to do much with them. But I don't know. Like, like what else could you do? Like, the, the base one had the bases covered pretty well. A sports one, I think, would be interesting. I don't know how many people really want to play a ton of different 8-bit sports games. I think they all want to play, like, bases loaded, Tech Mobile, golf and pro wrestling i'm not sure like what like what else you would really want and again just put those those four games on a normal nes classic edition right yeah i think this is um you know you don't want any of these things sitting on shelves for too long because this is like a limited time thing that they're doing and uh and you kind of want to just have like the one collector thing that is like the the thing and that mm-hmm. that increases the the demand, I think. Now, yeah, I, I get that people could, some people would go back and want to get all of them or, or want to get specific ones that they like has games they really want. Um, but, but I think the reason a lot of those games weren't included is just because they don't want to deal with the with the, any of the rights stuff or deal with those issues. And they don't want to like have to explain that this is like, oh, um, this is a series of things. And if you want to have it all, you have to come back here and get it. Like, no, like if you want partic- to participate in the old Nintendo stuff, just get the one thing and then. Uh, you don't have to like swap it out and put in another one of these tiny Nintendo things when you want to play different games. I, I don't think that would be a very easy sell. Uh, I, I, some people would do it and it, it would sell, obviously, I guess. But in terms of explaining it to a wider audience, the, the audience that definitely came into the NES Classic, that would be more difficult. Now I'm going to be the guy this way to do it. The good news is modding an NES Classic is actually very easy and like... I'm not good at that stuff, but I was able to do it, and it is definitely something you should do. Wow, we're never getting out of Nintendo jail. Wow. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. (laughs) But it is great. I'll tell you what. It's pretty fantastic. Like, it's even still all there, like, in that format. It's very good stuff. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but uh, I think you you guys can figure it out. You know how Google works. Should Nintendo resurrect old IP from the NES days with a fresh look, and what would it be? The only IP that they haven't really done 
anything with almost since the NES days is Star Tropics that I can think of immediately. Plus, you're like, there's some stuff they haven't done much with lately, like Kid Icarus. Star Tropics is a big one. And yes, I absolutely would love to see Star Tropics come back. The thing that's been holding it back forever is that it was never released in Japan. So it's like a little awkward. Like, what, what is this to them? But they'll get over it. Just, you know, it's gonna, probably going to be a reboot remake anyways. And they'll yeah. just come with something new. They'll be I, excited. I uh, like those NES Remix games that came out for the Wii U, uh, but they weren't they weren't as good as they could have been. Like it was it, for, just for people who don't know, this is like um, it takes like snippets from all these games and you play them back to back or whatever. But it didn't have very it wasn't like very fast paced. Like you you played like one little snippet and then you went back to the menu and then you selected the next snippet and you started. It wasn't like WarioWare or something like that. And I think they could have like amped up the speed. And, uh, and really like and then also uh, done like visual tricks to the to the games to make them like pop out and make the sprites bigger and, and you know particle effects or whatever they could have done like make it like a pac-man championship edition dx or whatever um i think that's the stuff that they could do with the, these old games from the nes and and do like an nes remix 3 or nex rem, nes remix hd or something like that anderson 64 asks will nintendo ever offer gamecube games on switch in some fashion also, why can't we uh, play Ocarina on Switch? To your first point, I mean, uh, Sunshine's on there in some fashion, and I think that's the fashion we will uh, be getting GameCube games. They're going to be like part of like very specific compilations or like separate like remakes or remasters, like like a Wind Waker. Like we'll get Wind Waker and Charlie Princess on there, and it'll be the same thing. I do not think we're going to get like. A, a GameCube section in Nintendo Switch Online. I don't think we're going to get like the GameCube collection, which is like here's all like twenty GameCube games in one bundle, like like the Genesis collection yeah. or anything like that. I think it's just going to be very specific, case by case games. And honestly, I think it's probably not going to be anything aside from those Zelda games, Sunshine, and like Metroid Prime One and Two when that trilogy comes out. I don't think we're ever going to get Melee on the Switch. Right. right. I wish. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to get like, you know, Billy Hatcher or like Pikmin 1 even or, or Beautiful Joe. I don't know. I think we're I think it's just going to be like uh, with Sunshine. Mike is correct. I agree. Wow. Thank you. Also, why can't we play Ocarina of Time on Switch? I don't know. That is weird, huh? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, that's, that's yeah. That's what I'm going to be talking about this week. trying to play that game. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's just them waiting to see what they're going to do with Nintendo 64 games. They they might go the path of more collections, more bundles uh, like that they sell you or maybe they put in 64 games on Switch online. I bet they're considering both and they still haven't decided. They have options for Vacarina, which is because they, they could just, you know, put straight up put the Nintendo 64 version up. They could try to adapt that 3DS version to Switch, or they can just remake it like once again, right? Which maybe you right. might need to do if you're putting it on Switch. Like maybe that 3DS conversion won't be good enough. I don't know. Right. But it, it should be on there in some form or another. Uh, Jaden, Jaten, we'll go Jaden, I think, yeah. What is a Mario Kart course you both went back in Mario Kart 9 or Mario Kart 10 if Tor is uh, canonical? My number one is Coconut Mall. That's pretty good. Uh, I like all the Koopa Beach levels from the older older games. Yeah, that's good. that was going to be my answer because it's the only thing I remember. There was a really good shortcut on, was that the Nintendo 64 one or the GameCube one? Uh, where you had to like get the, hit the ramp and get into like the, the, the Yeah, rocks. that's the 64 one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love. Gosh, I can't remember the name, but the one where you're on the cruise ship and Double Dash is fantastic. Yeah, there is a ton of good ones in Mario Kart Eight. Actually, There's yeah, like, that's the thing. Mario Kart Eight has so many good levels that I'm like right. really happy with it. 
There's the one where you're going through the uh, like you're going through like the the, the clouds and the storm and it's playing yes, the Mario cloud Galaxy top. song. Yeah, cloud top something. Yes, it's fantastic. Right. Um, gosh. Uh, there, uh, Waluigi Pinball. It was a form. I think that was on like one of the DS ones or something. There's a lot of very good courses, and they usually are pretty good. Like that. That's what's neat about the Mario Kart formula. I think they figured it out starting with DS. Like half the courses are new, and half of them are just like bringing stuff back from the older games, and that's always fantastic. Yep. And they always, they always fully remake, remake them. them, so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, Jodicus says you guys should start a segment uh, of games Nintendo should make but never will, be it sequels to games they have never done and probably never will, or use an IP in a certain way. Cover one a week, just an idea. I think it's an interesting idea. Where we, uh, I don't know how many more segments we want to push in here, but we can certainly do that right now. Games Nintendo should make but never will. Uh, man, I mean, I, I, I bring up Star Tropics every time, and that's one. I don't think they are actually going right. to make a new Star Tropics. The other one we talked about before is like get way forward to do a remake of Zelda Two. Yes, that good. would be. I think yes. that would be uh, fantastic. Uh, Jeff, do you have any ideas? Uh, I, I think they should give Star Fox Adventures another shot with with the, the maybe a different developer. Really? Yeah, really. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> okay. choked on his subway. Uh, yeah, I, I I think Star Fox Adventures works really well as an idea as a concept. Um, yes. I think Fox is a cool character. I think that it's a pretty cool universe. Um, that that just rare wasn't great for making a Zelda at that time, right? That was rare, right? Um, yes. Uh, it, it it just wasn't a great as as like exactly what they were trying to go for, but the concept. Of Itself, I think it's very good. I think they could try another one and it would be fantastic, actually. Okay, I got one for you F Zero Beat 'em Up. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great characters that would be fantastic for that, right? I mean, come yeah. on, like, like it's funny because, like, I think about Captain Falcon, he's the star of F Zero, but what I think is Falcon Punch, yes, for real. <laughs> Just give, give me a beat 'em up, or I can do the Falcon Punch, yeah. I would want an open world F Zero city game. I think I've talked about this before, where you explore the mute city or whatever in the streets, like from that from that F and B sequence at the beginning of the game. So like F so like F Zero Paradise City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, no, uh, no, like F Zero, but it's Yakuza. Like you're actually oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Now I think I kind of like the F Zero uh, Paradise idea. That, that's though, actually too. pretty good too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd be pretty. There's cool. a lot of fun things. You can, well, what could we possibly do with F Zero? I know, right? We just came up with like <laughs> two or three. Yeah, I'd buy all of those. I don't know. All right, uh, Giggy says, "What's better than the squeeze and click of the LR shoulder buttons of the Game Controller?" The answer is nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing is better than that. God, I've, it's just I've the best. Like that too. What is the first thing you think of when you think of that? Because I think of uh, a rogue leader, like pushing it in to like make the S coils unlock. Right. Yeah. You're the X wing. Yes, Ooh. that's good. I I don't know if I have like one thing I think of. I maybe I, I think of sunshine and like you can yeah. hold it halfway down and run and hold it all the way down to a stop or whatever. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. And then like you click it in, it's like that spurt of ooh, oh. Right. Yeah. Oh, so good. Makes me spurt. God damn it. I had to. I'm sorry. I really yeah. should not have. But it was <laughs> there. And I went for it. Charles asks, how do you think Nintendo would fare in an alternate reality where they decided to compete with the PlayStation 5 and Xbox for this generation? Well, having NVIDIA DLSS architecture proved to be an advantage. They also gained a lot of third-party support the Switch. With third-party plus first-party plus NVIDIA proved to be the winning combo or when, or, or when Nintendo GameCube it and fail in some way. It's it's a tough one because I I don't know if this the, if the premise here makes a lot of sense because 
if they tried to c- compete with PlayStation 5 and Xbox, does that mean like be like just a home console that is very powerful? I, thought, I think we have to assume it wouldn't be a Switch anymore, right? Oh, yeah, that's what I'm assuming too. And then, uh, but if that's the case, NVIDIA hardware would be very expensive. Uh, I don't know if they would, like, uh, if it would be, if it would measure up. And yeah, DLSS would be cool if they did use NVIDIA. Uh, but at that point, like, th- there wouldn't be a lot of point for third parties to come in there because the reason third parties are succeeding on Switch is because it's a handheld. So it would, it, would be, it would be like a GameCube, I think. It would be like the GameCube. I think history has proven that there isn't room for three very similar consoles like that. Right. And I think that's why the GameCube did suffer. Uh, and it's why Sega was eventually thrown out of the proceedings uh, at a certain point. Like, it's one thing when there's two of them, like a PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. If there's going to be a third one, it has to be different. Right. That's why the Wii worked, and that's why the Switch is working now. Giggy says, I'm clearing space to learn how to solder so I can replace old save batteries on some of my game carts. Are there any old game cart saves you have or had that would sting a bit if you lost it because the battery died? I think mine would be Super Mario RPG save where I found just about everything in the game. If I'm being honest, I would easily restart that one from the beginning. First off, that's really cool that you're learning to do yeah. that. It's going to be like, like it is like this weird thing to think about. Like, yeah, all these like batteries are going to die yep. uh, relatively soon. These cartridges are not going to be forever. Excuse me, Jeff. Is there anything like that where you would like a specific cartridge where you would freak out if the save was lost? Uh, no, I, I don't have a lot of my, my cartridges anymore, but, uh, I I guess there's a Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. I have that somewhere, and I. But the thing is, with a lot of these, uh, I think I dumped most of them. I dumped most of my saves because uh, you know, get, honestly, getting some of these weird little hardware things, uh, these little handhelds, or, or, or even like the, like a Retron. I think some of not, maybe not a Retron, but definitely the analog things. You could just put cartridges in there, and they they have ways to dump your saves and put them on a computer and save them forever. And put them in the cloud, and that way, if you ever need to like re, like re like inject them into a cartridge i think that's an option um but so i would i would recommend trying to do that giggy before you uh start soldering anything uh but yeah yeah like i don't think i have anything specifically for one thing back then i didn't like 100 many games or anything i think the first time i really did that that was memorable in some way was for kingdom hearts 2 because that was like the only way you could get the secret ending right back then youtube wasn't that much of a thing like there was some like crappy upload of it somewhere but I want to actually see it on my TV. So, yeah, not really. Also, like, if I replay any of those old games anymore, it's because I want to play them again. So I would just, you know, want to start them over anyways. But I, yeah, uh, I, think, it's, I think it's neat to learn how I, to solder and do that. I ended the poll so we could check in on that real quick. Uh, have you ever installed Dr. Mario World for mobile? 84% said no, and 15% said yes, and the poll had 91 votes. So, so yeah. yeah, not a great side for that game. Yep. Well, I guess you're not invited to the funeral. <laughs> uh, we got one him. more here in the Discord from RecRap13. With the advent of games like Nickelodeon, All-Star Brawl, and Hot Wheels Unleashed looking fairly good, do you think licensed games will reach a peak like they did in the early 2000s? I think we're so for a while there, licensed games had completely retreated to mobile, mm-hmm. like 1%. And I think we're starting to see that reverse a little bit. I don't know if we're going to get to like that golden age. And to be clear, the golden age had a ton of bad licensed games, but there were so many of them that it was almost kind of fun to find the hidden gems and whatnot. And when like, one of them was actually good, like the Hulk game or something like that. We all right. sort of rallied around it and we had fun with that. So that's what kind of made the same thing with like all those Star Wars games back then, right? Yes. Like I see some 
people say like why do you guys call it the golden age a lot of those games were bad it was like yeah but it was, it was like fun that there were so many of them in a way mm-hmm. it's like which ones are good and we would debate these things and they were all kind of fun to at least try so i don't i don't think it's going to be quite that interesting again maybe if you know nicola no stars is a is a big hit that'll help what do you think right. jeff yeah i think you're generally generally right where uh I, you know, I would, lo- I would love to see. Like, I, I mean, my thing is when I think about Star Wars right now, I do wish they would be more like that time, and I wish they would be more like what like what Warhammer is right now. Just let a bunch of different developers try this stuff, and uh, yeah, make it more like where we just got a bunch of weird, sometimes bad games. Because uh, you're right. Like, even if, if it's a, f- a franchise you 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 like, at least trying them, you might find something to enjoy. The music's usually pretty good, stuff like that. Just kind of being in the world could be fun, even if the game itself doesn't come together. And I, I think that would, I think I could still work. It just, you know, they're they're thinking about opportunity costs. They're trying to take big swings, trying to get the big hits. And and I don't know if that's ever going to change back to what it used to be. It's probably not. It's going to look different, I think. And if, you know, for kids coming up right now, they're just going to keep playing the mobile games of, of their favorite franchises. And they'll be happy with that. So I think we might just be aging out of this stuff. Maybe, maybe. All right, Jeff, do we have some uh, some super chat questions? Yeah, we do. Uh, so let's let's start here with Vitter uh, FC, uh, who uh, came in with the Activision topic, said, while Bobby Kotick is there, there's no reason to expect real change. Even the founder of Uber got pushed out because of poor cor- corporate culture. And I think that is... Uh, I think that's right. I mean, that's it, I, I, right now. It, the, the response from Activision Blizzard it it all reads to me as uh, positioning to make sure that the people at the very top don't lose their jobs. Um, yes, I mean, how is Fran, like how is the you know that Fran that Bush era Fran Townsend uh, torture yeah. apologist like right like how is she Literally, like yeah. like she has to go right? And I, right. I wonder if they're going to ask about her specifically during this call today. But like, if she isn't like removed, that's pretty distressing. Yeah, I mean, you know, she went on to post like a a thing on Twitter where she's like, "Hey, the problem with whistleblowing," and it was some story. Yeah, she retweeted about that. The, uh, some story from was it the Atlantic, where it's like yeah. the issue with whistleblowing. Like that's a weird thing for you to retweet. <laughs> yeah, executive at like a company going through like this, you know, uh, this lawsuit by the state right now. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. So Jay Stud Jay Stud McLovin says a GameCube game. Oh, you know what? Should I save this one? Games is it about a favorite GameCube game? Yes, it is. Yeah, then I'll we should that. play that one. Okay. But thank you. Uh, I'll get back to you, Jason, in a second. Uh, let's see. Okay, from Jedi Moss Four, the Pokemon Company hasn't said much about the D- Diamond, D- Pearl. Diamond Pearl remake. Thank you. DP threw you off there. Yeah, me off a little bit. Yeah. Hey, listen. And Arceus, in a while, other than giving dates, when can we expect them to give an update for those games? I mean. I want to say like later in the fall, but Arceus is January, right? They're gonna they're probably gonna do another Pokemon Direct or something like probably, that. We're probably gonna get another Pokemon Direct soon because yeah, we we don't know very much about Arceus, and there has to be a stronger sales push coming up for the Diamond Pearl. Is Arceus remakes. gonna get delayed? Maybe. Why? I mean, why the hell not? Right? Right? Why the hell not? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I would. I would delay it, and I don't even know what's going on with it. Uh-huh. I would just say, yeah, delay that. I'm sure it could use more work. So I don't know. It, it might, but you know, they, they, even still, there's got to be something more to show about that. We still don't really know what that game is, other than that it's Pokemon trying to ape some Breath of the Wild style. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll see about that stuff soon. This one's from Benny Blizzard, heading from Columbus, Ohio to, to Colorado tomorrow. What's the best retro video game store in Colorado? First of Was all, he? that's weird. That's exactly what I did. I, I mean, now I don't know. Are you just visiting? Because I, I mean, I moved from Columbus, Ohio to Colorado. Uh, got bad news for you. Um, 
they close down all the all the retro game stores pretty much. If you find one when you come out here, let me know. I had one that was like I don't know, it was like video game exchange or something like that. And not exactly. Yeah, the exchange is, yeah. is still in Ohio. It's yeah. like a chain. Yeah, I don't was, know how big of a chain it is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was the exact name, but there was a few of those around here for well, you know, for the first few few years that I lived out here, and now I think they're all gone. At least there's nothing close to me anyhow. And I'm I'm in the suburbs south of Denver, and so like I'm like oh I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of stuff because there's like a lot of people here, and no everyone just got out of that business around here. It's been a real disappointment. So uh, it, it also but you know what it also helped me uh, like accept that like you know there's other ways to get this stuff. And I'm just going to embrace that and not worry too much about trying to collect physical games. So uh, I, it was part of that process of me letting those things go. Yeah. But it, right, it, you ever want to know anything else about Denver? You know, ask me. You don't know nothing. You stay home all day. Still could ask me. I don't want to be included. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> all right. We are going to take a very short break and we're going to come back to talk about our favorite GameCube games. We will be right back. And we are back. Jeff, what is your favorite GameCube game. Oh, I'm glad I get to go first, so you couldn't steal it. Metroid Prime. Uh, Metroid Prime is uh, one of my favorite games of all time. It is a brilliant uh, adaptation of of uh, of, uh, the, of the Metroidvania genre into 3D. Uh, it, it borrowed some stuff from Zelda, like the Z targeting, and it's just fantastic. I, I really love it. Yeah, that's kind of in my. It's not my. It's not my top pick, but it's in my sort of top three. My right. sort of holy trinity, which I'll get to in a moment here. I was replaying it again very recently. Even things that I thought would bother me now, like the tank controls, are still com- completely fine. Just yes. such a cool. Like people say, it's atmospheric, but like it's it's very good at like giving you a sense of atmosphere. But the atmosphere itself is also really cool. It's really great. This sort of like alien planet. And it's weird because it has like the expected biomes, like the ice one, the jungle one, the the sandy one, but they still all feel really distinct and like interesting compared to other versions of those. Yes, uh, man, yeah, just just really cool architecture. The the, yes. the model, the Samus model, that's the best character model of that generation. Samus looks so good in that game. I agree. I still don't really understand how they uh, accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, it helps that she's like you know this this the, these angles and and this and this like robot looking thing. But yeah, she like looks better than like a similar. She looks sort better than Master Chief. Looks like, better than Master know? Chief at, at that time. Absolutely, it's uh, uh, it's timeless that game, and and it's not just timeless in terms of gameplay. It's timeless in terms of visuals. It really still holds up, and you know that's the second generation of 3D consoles, and to think that it held up that well uh, after all this time is is super impressive. A lot of stuff does hold up from the GameCube, but uh, not not a lot of stuff that holds up that like is going for that like sci-fi quasi-realistic look. And and when when you go for that, it was that stuff fell apart over time. Not not Metroid Prime, just incredible art. Right, like GameCube's held up really. I mean, GameCube, the uh, Wind Waker's held up really well. Yes. Because it's very stylistic and like that's yeah. So that has obviously, you know, just kind of persisted through the years here. My top pick is actually Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, Oh, right. Of course. I played a ton of that game with my friends. We even we even went to a couple of like tournaments and stuff. We we had so much fun. Uh, So probably my favorite fighting game of all time. It, It almost seemed to stumble into it by accident. Like it didn't mean to be so competitive, but just some of the changes they made from the base game, making things feel a little bit more a little heavier a little more technical, just adding just a few more mechanics to kind of add that depth. There's also like, so you like, like the Smash Bros. 64 was kind of like goofy. Like the intros, like, oh, look, they're dolls and they're coming to life. Like Melee took itself like, like this is epic and this is very serious. Like just that opening cinematic still gives me chills. 
right? Like this orchestrated music and these incredible montages and CG of like, uh, like Kirby flying through. And then there's, there's Star Fox. There's that Yoshi like stampede. It's Mario and Link facing off in this Coliseum at the end. They're uh, like, like Mario, what Yoshi and uh, Peach are facing off against like that giant Bowser. It's intimidating. Right. Yeah. Me- Melee was, th- that hit me hard. I absolutely uh, fell in love with that. Brawl's opening is better. Nick Turbo, that is the worst opinion you've ever had, and you don't think Mega Man is good. <laughs> so, wow, Nick. I mean, wow. Yeah. No, Brawl's opening is not better than Melee's. Absolutely not. Melee's opening is incredible. The, the challenges were fun. The fun, the adventure mode was fun. I played Sheik in that, and she just had this, like, her forward, like, attack in the air was this, like, swatting move. I just swatted people off those stages. Man, did it feel good. The remixes of all those songs. One of the first like orchestral video game soundtrack things I had was um, there was a Smash Brothers concert they did in Japan, and my brother actually bought me like the uh, the issue of Fumitsu that came with it, so I had that CD with all the, the like orchestrated versions of Fountain of Dreams, and had the Fire Emblem song and Zelda and Pokemon, and gosh, I played that album so much too. Oh, uh, yeah, just absolutely loved Melee. Yeah, I, 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 I also loved so bad, actually. I also loved Melee. It was uh, that was my super, super, bit, but. that was my Smash Brothers time. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good because I played against my friends, and then I would go play against another group of friends, <laughs> and I got my butt kicked. Actually, so I was bad at it. I uh, I, I made Luigi. Uh, so I had no idea. Of like you did. Yeah, I, I'm like I had no idea like who were, who were good characters or anything like that. The that was a problem. My friends were like bad at video games, so it was like never I could never get much better and stuff. So yeah, wow, way to throw your friends under the bus. Uh, Are any of them here? Garbage. <laughs> they know it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, Me- Melee was great. Metroid Prime was great. Do we have? Uh, you know what? Actually, should I start with this answer from our super chat, and then we'll get into some yeah, from the Discord. So from Jay Stud McLovin, uh, going with a game that I never actually played. He says the GameCube game I loved, but nobody mentions was Chibi Robo. Uh, I've never played it. Chibi Robo does get some love now. Uh, yes, it's a, I never played it either. But it's a it's a pretty well liked three D platformer. I, they made that two D one not too long ago that people didn't seem to like nearly as much. Like there are more of these games, somewhat surprisingly. But yeah, people uh, really liked that Chibi Robo, and it's it's definitely on my to do list. I need to get to that at some point or another, huh? Yeah, but. All right, you want to hear from uh, from some of our Discord friends what their I favorite do. GameCube is? Yeah, let's, let's get into it. And if you want to share yours still, you can always send in the Super Chat, and we will and, bring it up here. We had another we do, Super Chat question. We'll get yeah, to we it at the end of this, too. And we'll get to those after everything, everybody. No problem. Yeah. Nick Turbo says, Mario Superstar Baseball, probably the best baseball game ever made. I keep asking Nintendo for a new one, but those cowards won't return my calls. You know what's weird, Jeff? I yeah. love Mario, Nintendo. I love baseball. I love baseball. Never played this one. I don't know. I I, I like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't play much of Sluggers either. I just remember, I played a demo of it once. I thought it was great how, like, Donkey Kong did not use a bat. He just held his arm out like this. That's how he hit the ball. Well, that's great. So, yeah, I don't know why I didn't play this. Uh, Seems like something I should, you know, I think at this time, I didn't really like baseball very much. I think I got, I got into baseball more around 2008. Yeah, really. So uh, I, I think I missed the boat. played it a little bit, but I think I might. I, I always enjoyed Strikers more. So I, I played Mario Strikers a lot more than that. 
Uh, Anderson64 says, best GameCube game for me was Freedom Fighters. Incredible story and fun gameplay. The Governor's Island level is still insanely memorable to me. Not a first-party game, but one of my favorites. Man, this is another one I have not played. I actually looked at a little video of it because I wasn't even super familiar with it. This kind of third-person shooter thing. Are, right. are you familiar with Freedom Fighters? Is Freedom Fighters the IO interactive game? Freedom Fighters. Well, see, there was a game with a similar name that was like an RPG with superheroes, and I thought maybe that was this at first. I can't yeah, remember. No, this, that is, this is IO Interactive. I, I played this a little bit, but I, uh, I should give it another chance now that I'm such an IO Interactive fan, uh, stan. So uh, I'll go back. I know that they included Freedom Fighters in, as like a reference in one of their uh, Hitman expansions or whatever. So uh, yeah, I'll have to go back and try it out. That's a good answer. <laughs> Aaron Tonsis says best GameCube game is a three-way tie between Thousand Year Door, Wind Waker, and Super Mario Sunshine. Come at me, Sunshine haters. So you know what's what's interesting here is I was a big Sunshine defender for a very long time. And then when the uh the the, the Super Mario 3D All-Stars came out and I played like all three of those games back to back. I'm not saying I don't like Sunshine anymore, but I was for the first time I was like, yeah, I can kind of see why some people don't think this is as good. I still yeah. like Sunshine, but I was sort of like not not turned off it, but I, I my eyes were opened a little bit to its faults when I play it in between Mario sixty four and Mario Galaxy. Yeah, I I really like the parts where you lose the jetpack and and it's really hard challenging or it's really hard to like challenging platforming stages. I I. I Liked most of the stages. I thought they were interesting. Uh, it just has some issues that the other Mario games don't have. I think it's the problem. I, I like the jetpack lock. I, I love. I love the atmosphere. I love the theming. The the structure where it, it's not just like oh, collect so many stars and then you can you know move on, which is right. how it should work. It's like you have to get the seventh star or whatever it was in each world. Which was which was kind of annoying, and there are some other things like some uh, poorly designed levels and sections, like the thing where you're on the boat and you have to steer the boat with your jetpack. It just doesn't work right. very well, yes. uh, you know. So so weird random things like, that. but yeah, but because like you have to get the seventh shine in each world. It's, it's sixty four if you didn't like a shine or a star. Well, just don't do that one. Do something else. Right. Exactly. And you can't and you can't really do that here. So it's a it's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, Thousand Year Door, absolutely one of my favorites. Uh, I, I bet you my holy trinity. It, my trinity is Melee, Metroid Prime, and Wind Waker. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Wind Waker is fantastic. Thousand Year Door is in that very next tier, though. That's good stuff. Giggy says, Eternal Darkness remains one of the unique gems of the yeah. GameCube. While the core gameplay feels very archaic, the sanity system is a ton of fun to play and mess around with. It's surprising that so few games today use that system as it works so well within the Eldritch Horrors-inspired setting. If you can hunt down a copy and didn't mind tank like controls, pick it up. This is a game. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I never liked horror games very much, but uh, even back then, I, I played a fair amount of uh, Eternal Darkness just because I thought it was so cool. That yes. that insanity system really wasn't. The, I remember the first time it was like lowering the volume that like really messed with me. Yeah. Right? It was like, oh, we're deleting your save. Like that was really creative. That was really cool. Yeah, at a certain point, like you figure out, like, oh, it's gonna do a trick or whatever. But it's still fun to see what it's going to be, what like what they come up with, putting a fly on the screen or something like that. Um, <laughs> it it's uh, it, it's something that I oh, like going back to it now, it's hard because it's like you could see like the like the conflicts because like playing the game, you don't want to lose your sanity. But if you don't lose your sanity, you don't see a lot of those things. So I, w- I wonder if there was like a better way of doing that stuff and a better a better way of doing that now if someone were to follow up on these ideas. But I. I love that game when it was on when I played it on GameCube. I played so much of it. I, I played. I, I didn't. I didn't do like all three paths, but I got close to doing all three paths. I at least did like one and a half. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was a game I liked a lot. 
remember early in the game you can like inspect an empty tub and then when you do it like suddenly zooms in on it it's like a a corpse and like a the tub's filled with blood right and like i played it in a store and that jump scare still got me like in the middle <laughs> of like software etc wherever <laughs> it was yeah. oh geez mogo says my favorite gamecube game would still have to be zoids battle legends such a fantastic game with very deep customization options still the best zoids game to date Jeff, have you played Zoids Battle Legends or any of the Zoids games? I watched Zoids for quite some time. I guess quite some time. When you're young, things could feel like they're years. I probably watched it for a few weeks, but it felt like for some time. Uh, I never played a Zoids game ever. I okay, so Zoids was a, is a show, is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like yeah, it was totally like on a you know after school afternoon okay. uh, cartoon sort of. Show. I, mean, I wasn't familiar with this franchise at all. I think it was like kind of like 3D. It was like mm-hmm. early CGI or whatever, but. It was ah. it was pretty good from what I remember. I have like vague memories of this thing now, but I'm going to try this game. I'm going to try Zoids Battle Legends and see what all this deep customization is about. Yeah, I didn't know much about, but it's, it's giant robots fighting each other from what I saw in a video. I'm like, yeah, that looks yeah. fun. Uh, he also said uh, honorable mentions that I'm obligated to say Skies of Arcadia Legends. I man, I want to play Skies of Arcadia uh, pretty badly. I'm just not sure if I want to play the original dreamcast version or the gamecube version apparently there's a, there are pros and cons to each hmm, okay this dizzy's extreme skate adventure jeff i told you about this before but I, I, they just took like the 20 pro skater 3 or yeah. 4 engine and just put disney characters inside of it so i absolutely need to play this game did, uh, very did, badly does he skate goofy footed no <laughs> well it, it depends on your level i think like i, I think there's like a liking level and your Timon and Pumbaa skating and stuff like that. Huh. I think Tar it's a, it's Tarzan, Timon and Pumbaa and like me. It's a Buzz Lightyear is one of those. I forget, but uh, man, all right, I'm gonna try. I, I think I've seen images of Buzz Lightyear skateboarding, so I'll check it out. My kids love Buzz Lightyear mm-hmm. and Nintendo Puzzle Collection. What was the Nintendo Puzzle Collection? No idea. I don't even remember that. It must have been like what, like Doctor Mar- Doctor Mario right. before he died, right? Uh, Rip. Yeah. Rip. Yoshi's um, cookie. I don't know. What is that? I don't remember that. Yeah, so there's Dr. Mario. It looks like Yoshi's cookie and Wario Woods. Panel Panel Dupon? I forget what Panel Dupon is. Um mm. I bet that's like Tetris Attack or something. I really don't associate puzzle games with the GameCube. I do with the NES. Yeah, that's the SNES Attack. and even the 64 because of Pokemon Puzzle League, but not really with GameCube. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in my memory. Panel upon is is yeah. with the Japanese name for Tetris Attack. Now I know. Oh, I'm learning about so many games here. I'm uh, I'm impressed yeah, with cool. the deep cuts here. Same uh, same. Knobel actually just says the best GameCube game and best Zelda is Wind Waker, and uh, I I definitely agree with best Zelda. That's my favorite Zelda. I'm glad we didn't and, have to wait until like the very end to get a Zelda this time because yeah, Wind Waker is fantastic. It's better. I think it's better to, to play that game today than it ever like even then. Like and then it was like this is amazing, but kind of like playing it today, see how well it holds up, and uh, having a bunch of other Zeldas since then. It's like nice to go back to this specific Zelda and and, and experience it. And Wii first the only thing I wish I would add to it now is an orchestrated soundtrack. I think that. The, the kind of MIDI yes. quality music, like the compositions are good, but the, the MIDI quality of the music there kind of lets the music down quite a bit mm-hmm. in, in that one. Charles says, hey, Nintendogs, my favorite GameCube game from when I was younger and didn't really pick my own games was Sonic Heroes. Played through it many times. Sorry this to hear that, Charles. This is it. Well, I, I get, if you, I get it. 
but like this was when I was kind of getting older and Sonic Heroes was the, the first Sonic game where I'm like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> this one, yeah. that was the one that turned me off the frame. Like I didn't buy Shadow the Hedgehog because I didn't like Sonic Heroes. And then I saw Shadow the Hedgehog and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, the Sonic Heroes song, though, Sonic Heroes, that's fantastic stuff. Hey, Very I, I good. Per, yeah, the better the music, the worse the game. So, yeah. <laughs> no. Wildfire Alex says, favorite GameCube game is easily the most obvious one, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Hey, he agrees with me. Uh, we've already gone on and, and on about why we all love it, so I'll just keep it short and simple. It's my favorite because it's the game I played the most with my friends in high school. Also very similar to me. Uh-huh. And we poured countless hours into it. It holds a lot of fond memories for me, and I will always cherish it, y'all. And one thing I didn't bring up before, the trophies were so good in that game. You could like, unlock them, and they had all that that great information about those characters and just spinning it around. Huh. Yeah, the part with Melee for me, I think, might have been that I was just a tad too old. Like, it came out mm-hmm. right as I was graduating, I think. So, uh, okay, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember thinking, like, in high school, man, when the next Nintendo system comes out, I'm not going to be in school anymore. I'm getting so old. And that, yeah, the, the GameCube came out as I was graduating. So, like, I was, like, working jobs and still, like, living at home. And so having, like, friends over to play games was a little bit more sad than it was before. We still did it, but it was just, it was tainted a little bit. It wasn't like in high school. So it just, it did not uh, hook me in the same way it did other people, even though I did really love it still. Napper says favorite GameCube game has to be Resident Evil 4. The clear counter beside the same file started a competition between me and two friends. I ended up clearing the game over 60 times while my one friend was able to hit 80 and the other hit 104, destroying us both. <laughs> wow. I can't imagine playing through a game that many times now, but hey, we were 12 years old. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty incredible. That but is. yeah, man. That that's another that's another one that's pretty iconic, uh, and it can't, it's you know th- there's a game that's out on a million things now, which mm-hmm. is nice, and which is how these things should be. But yeah, like when that hit, man, that was a big surprise. And I think I didn't even like Resident Evil back then, but I Same. played Resident Evil Four and loved it. It was fantastic. Same. It was. I think that's probably my top three. It would probably be Metroid Prime, Wind Waker, and and this, and yeah, Resident Evil Four. I would probably put Resident Evil 4 in like that uh, that tier after my top three, right. like along with like Thousand Year Door and, and so on. But yeah, very, very good. Benji Buff says honorable mentions uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Yes. So I, I, what I've been digging around, I found Jungle Beat and I found two bongos. So I'm ready to go. Man, uh, we mm-hmm. should stream that. That would be fantastic. That's that. Yeah. that I, I love those games a lot. So good, well, good, good were- answer. Those people went on to do the Galaxy games. Yes. I think basically because Jungle Beat was so good. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Strikers is another honorable mention for him. And Double Dash. And then he said, yes, I said it. I'd like to Double Dash, which actually like made me reply. Is liking Double Dash controversial? I, I think I it's a know. little bit controversial, but not like some other things. It's There's a lot of people who love Double Dash. I, I, I'm definitely one who's like, ooh, Double Dash. I don't want to play that anymore. But really? Yes. I love Double Dash. Yes. I think, the problem is, is that uh, it, it had really bad snaking. I think and so it, I think like to like actually like beat your friends if anyone started sneaking everyone had to snake and then you started to lose some of the, the finesse that I, I I guess I never got into like this high tier stress I was just yeah. racing around like a, like a jackass and laughing because like I had Waluigi and baby Mario on the same cart <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Double, but Double Dash, I think, holds up 
better than maybe some of the other ones because it is yeah. so different though at least so yeah that's I, I, great. I probably could give it another chance but yeah right now i'm like i mean i should give it another chance too i don't know I'm, i haven't played it forever so maybe mario yeah, kart 8 is like, like such the ideal mario kart game that is the thing i bet yeah. if i do play it now i'm like why am i not just playing mario kart 8 because it, it is so good uh, but his actual answer, he says, uh, but the GameCube was at the height of my Pokemon fandom. And for me, Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness was so far off the normal formula. I could feel that formula like burn out even as a kid by Gen 3 that I couldn't help but love it. I get it. There's some weird stuff going on in that game. Shadow Pokemon, permanent double battles, severe lack of wild Pokemon. But XD was a meaningful sequel to Coliseum and a surprisingly good story. Legitimately tough trainer battles and the best Pokemon battle music ever made. Gale, it, it's interesting because Gale of Darkness was pretty because you know we had Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Coliseum, and this one just added a campaign to it. Oh, okay. And it was like, yeah, it's like a it's like a good campaign, and you know they they got less ambitious after that. Like that, it, even then, it seemed like, oh wow, they're experimenting with doing a console Pokemon RPG, and yeah. that was basically it. That was the experiment, and yeah. it didn't go beyond that. But a lot of people still think back fondly on that one because of it. Yeah, people always seem to talk about it highly. I did not realize it had a campaign, so that's why. Huh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a full-on campaign. Eat the Hype says, you already know my favorite GameCube game was Wind Waker, my favorite Zelda of all time. I was always put off by the hate the game received for years and very much oh, yeah. enjoyed it getting new life with the HT re-release on Wii U. Wind Waker style went controversial for the age of 90s. Kids wanting to push the limits of extreme. It's timeless and creates such a beautiful world. Wind Waker also sports the best combat in the series, and in my opinion, it isn't really close. The ability to parry and counterattacks made Link's sword feel fluid and responsive, unlike the directional arm flailing that was to come <laughs> with Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword later on. Also, being able to use the hook shot to steal items while in combat was an awesome feat that should definitely be in every game since. Lastly, I love the world and setting that Wind Waker builds. Link has a family, his uh, island he's grown up with, and his journey has weight because of it. All of that is true. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely. I, it's interesting that reaction when it was was announced. Um, like I know I was definitely and I almost feel like pretentious for saying this, but I was immediately into it. As soon as yeah. they showed the first thing, I was like, oh, this looks fantastic. And I was one of those people who was like mad that people were upset about it. But, you know, get, then again, like I, you know, was a, a guy who still liked uh, Disney cartoons when I was 13. So I, I didn't have much of an edgy streak in me, even when that was a normal thing for like a, a, a young teenager or so on. Yeah, I felt like I, I could have gone like either way, but I, I definitely trended towards being like pretty happy with it when I first saw it. And then kind of like obsessing over the tech of like Link's eyes moving and and having this having it really do look having it look like a cartoon and the animation of the bad guys, the moblins or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was kind of I was pretty into it right away. And then playing it, it was like, OK, no, instantly. This is a great game. I, I can't get over the way it looks. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake Bogdanoff says Resident Evil 4 is my favorite game of all time. So that one still think the Wii version is the best that currently exists. So I I do like the Wii version. That actually was a game where the uh, the Wii aiming was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so that's it for the answers that we got from the from the discord here. Although uh, RecRap 13 actually just added that Spider-Man Ultimate always felt at home on the GameCube. Uh, I I didn't play Ultimate. I played Spider-Man 2 a lot. Yes. My brother played Ultimate, but I didn't play that much of Ultimate. Spider-Man 2, another great GameCube game, even though you mm-hmm. know, we, not a lot of third-party like games that you need to bring up because they were on everything, but yeah. Um, okay, so I got a couple... Of, I know a lot of people associate Prince of Persia even with, uh, with I do. GameCube. And it yeah, was Sands great. of Time it was right is definitely probably in my top 15, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, Soul Calibur 2 is actually... like That would yes. be 
pretty high up there for me. And that's one where the GameCube version was obviously the best because it had Link. So yeah, I love Soul Calibur 2, and that's a big GameCube game for me. All right. Uh, we got from Brett Templin here, uh, and he sent in a super chat for, with his response. Mario Kart Double Dash, Chef's Kiss, my favorite Mario Kart. I beat 50 people in a GameStop tournament. Whoa. Nice. Yes. Well done, Brett. Uh, yeah, that... It was a it was fun at the time. It was it was like, it was the time when I'm like, oh, this is like the most competitive one where it's like a lot of fun to like uh, play against friends, uh, even more so than the well, Baby Park, playing. the most competitive uh, Mario yeah. Kart stage of all time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then Green Thumb says, my favorite GameCube games: Ocarina of Time, Master Quest, Metroid Prime, Wind Waker, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Smash Brothers Melee. Thanks for the podcast. You're welcome, Green Thumbs. Thank you. Yeah, for that's. Me. That's an interesting one to have the Master Quest in there. But yeah, that's like the first time I think we could play that here because that came out. It was a 64 DD game, right? And then we got it, I think, is how it went. Yeah, or it was supposed to be. So, yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. There, I mean, there was uh, there was the thing that just had Ocarina of Time in Master Quest. And then there was like that collection that came out. Yes. And one of them was a pre-order bo- bonus for uh, Wind Waker. It was all very interesting. Yeah, I, I had that game for a while, and then I sold it for a lot of money because apparently it was, it was very nice, worth, worth a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then yeah, let's see. I think we got another one from Jay Stud McLovin. Wind Waker's Hyrule black and white scene is so memorable. Yes, there's yeah. so many good scenes. Uh, that's so one of my favorite final boss fights ever is, is yeah. the fight with Gan- Ganondorf at the end of that game. Like I had chills forever after beating that game. It was it was so amazing. You know, oof. The stab in the head, come on. That was fantastic. And plus, it was a game for me because, like, you push that counter button that you've been learning the whole time, and it's just, like, the, the best counter ever. <laughs> like, you dodge, roll behind him, then you jump over him and stab him in the head. And that's it. Like, oh, you beat the game, yes. like, in that moment. It's, it feels- uh, it's seared into my head, like, that, yes. that scene. Absolutely. I think about it a lot whenever we talk about Wind Waker. That sword yeah. sticking out of his head is just right it's there. It's just, like, just perfect. Like, like, you're on, like, you're in, like, the old Hyrule, and it's flooding again. You're just surrounded by this waterfall. Like, man, like the, that they achieved something with that much kind of epicness on the GameCube was was crazy. It was so cool. Uh, we still have two other Super Chat questions, but uh, I'll get to those if we're done done with this topic. Are we ready to move on? I'm trying to think, is there anything that like just wasn't brought yeah. up that you feel like we'd be remiss I mean, not talking? I feel like we got we got through everything. Really, No one brought up F-Zero GX, which is right. fantastic. It's the last F-Zero we got, really, I think. I think there was one Game Boy Advance one that came out in Japan or maybe here too, but GX was, uh, was, was awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I liked uh, Ultimate Muscle uh, Legends versus New Generations. Like, there's some good wrestling games on the GameCube. That was a really good one. Um, yeah, but I think we, yeah, we, uh, Beautiful Joe and Pikmin, uh, Pikmin 2 specifically. Um, Beautiful Joe was really great. Pikmin was really great. Uh, Do you like Pikmin or Pikmin 2? Because those were, I like Pikmin. I like, I like Pikmin 2 the best, I think, out of those. But Pikmin was still also really, really uh, any love for Luigi's Mansion? Uh, I think as a launch game, it was really neat. Uh, for the launch games, I probably would take Rogue Leader, which was which was fantastic, and that that held up throughout the entire life. Uh, even when we got the sequel to it, I still liked Rogue Leader more. Even though the sequel, I think, just had all the Rogue League Leader levels in it, yeah. I still just liked playing the other one more. Even Monkey Ball, Monkey Ball Two deserves some mention because uh, its mini game collections were amazing. That, yeah. that was really good stuff. Uh, this was the first time we got Animal Crossing, and it, it was really cool. Although, yeah, like I, I'd rather play the newer Animal Crossing. Seeing some people bring up Twin Snakes, I, I like Twin Snakes. I'd rather play the original now. Same, same here. Uh, Twin Snakes went a little too hard in the Matrixy direction. It also like redid certain things that didn't need to be redid. And because they added in like the first person shooting 
it trivialized a lot of encounters and fights that weren't designed around that. Like like fighting Revolver Ocelot was so easy. You just stood still now when the first person mode and, and, and shot him. Like you didn't have to like work around the corners or anything like that. So, And then uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 and Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. Uh, you know, I did not play Path of Radiance or its Wii sequel, and someday I'm going to have to. And to- the Tony Hawk games, I-, I do associate more with PlayStation 2, I'll yeah. be honest. Fair enough, yeah. Um, Path of Radiance is one that I've started a couple times recently, and I really enjoy it. And I'm going to like play through it for real, but I- every time I do it, I'm like, I should stream this, because I think there's an audience who would like like to watch that. So. I- I think at the time I was really actually turned off by that game's 3D models because like in the Game Boy Advance games, the sprites were so amazing Mm -hmm. and the animations were so great. And like it it just didn't look as good on the game. Mm -hmm. It's one of those rare instances where like I wish this GameCube version looked as good as the Game Boy Advance version. Someone brought Tales of Symphonia and I do it. I do it to give a shout out to that. That was one of the I didn't play a lot of JRPGs after my kind of like. SNES days, but Tales Symphonia was one I actually beat, which was rare back then. And now I'm something of a JRPG fiend. Yeah, Tales of Symphonia was uh, was was super fun. That was great stuff. Um. All right, then uh, I'm gonna get to some of these other questions we got from the super chats. Uh, let's see. This one I think is yeah. Okay, Deep Thinker. I am moving to Denver tomorrow. Any advice? Not from Ohio. Lol. Uh. I mean, there's a ton bring to do a here. <laughs> Bring bring some shorts in the summer. It's it's really hot in the summer, um, and then uh, there's not much to worry about because Denver's a pretty easy city. Even when it snows, it melts the next day because the sun comes back out. There's 300 days of sunshine. Um, I don't know if you go to like Pikes Peak, like try to not go in the afternoon because you'll get electrocuted almost for sure. Like the people get electrocuted there from thunderstorms all the That's time. Dangerous. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's like you know you want to go do the, go to the tops of the mountains and stuff. It's cool. You want to do it? Just go in the morning is what it would be my suggestion there. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, I think definitely go out to Estes Park Go and then go. If you want to go to the zoo, don't go to the Denver Zoo. Denver Zoo is fine. It's good. But Cheyenne Mountain Zoo down in Colorado Springs is fantastic. It's up in the mountains. It's really cool. And they got you can feed the giraffes and stuff. Do that. Uh, but yeah, I know most of the stuff I know is the stuff where I'm like taking my kids places because I'm an, I'm an old man now. So that's it. Uh, um, one well, one more. Ahead. Yeah, let's see. Uh, from Jay Stud McLovin, uh, think the Olympics slash outbreaks will cause game delays? Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably like Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah, I don't know about the Olympics necessarily, but uh, yeah, I mean, the outbreaks, t- yeah. I guess we'll see if they, I mean the Olympics led to some outbreaks, which I guess it might lead into some. Oh, right, yeah, but that context, yeah. Right, but we'll we'll see. Um, I think there's a chance that games will continue to just feel del- you know feel out delays throughout the next several months. So, yes, more than likely. Um, mm-hmm. I think we are all caught up on super chats, Michael McNaughty. Awesome. Awesome stuff. If you guys have anything more you want to say, Super Chat, we will get to it before the show ends. But uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the Nintendo games we were playing, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. But, Jeff, what have you been playing this week? Yeah, uh, real quick, got another one from Jedi Moss 4. I, I remember the GameCube at the time had the stigma as a kiddie console, and a lot of gamers who became teenagers didn't want to be associated with it. I, I remember, remember that this, was a thing. Yeah. I remember this well because I was always mad at everybody for saying that. I'm like, no, there's so many good games. What, what What's wrong with you? Why are you so insecure? And I, I, it was just, it was something that definitely passed, but that was like when the most gamers were going through that phase. And so there was a lot of like, oh, that's kitty and cartoony. And you had to hear that all the time. But there was like a cur- like a general age of gamers that did like start 
start with, oh, most of them are kids in the NES era. And again, like, obviously not everyone. If you were an adult no. when the NES came out, yeah, it's fine. But, but like, like the first you know, generation kids, of kids that grew up like the NES were like hitting that at that point. And so. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, there's always more like people coming up. But yeah. So by the GameCube time, a lot of those NES kids were teenagers and they were actually like, oh, this thing looks like a toy and I'm too cool for that. And like it actually was the thing. And it, you heard it all the time. Nintendo is is too kiddie. And they actively tried to combat that with stuff like Resident Evil and Eternal Darkness. And, and it wasn't ever quite enough. And, and it was a shame. And I think I think more than anything, that is why it uh, well, more than anything, PlayStation 2 was just such a big deal. But after right. that, that that is why it didn't sell as well as it needed to. Yeah. Play, PlayStation 2 was like the thing you would see on MTV Cribs, like when you were yeah. in a rapper's house. And they'd be like, here's my PlayStation 2. And it's like, oh, this is the cool thing. This is the thing that like it, people it was, who are it, like professionally cool. They have a PlayStation 2. The PlayStation 2 was branded incredibly well, and it was actually a fantastic system. So yes, it like, all came yeah. together for him. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so um, a lot of things going for it. And it was also like uh, the, like the best DVD player you could get, right? Yep. Yes, exactly. Oh, things. yes, huge difference. Yes, absolutely. Do you um, like the mini discs? I mean, they probably held the system back, but I like I love seeing those oh, mini discs. Oh, uh, yeah, of course I love them. And I also love the Wii U's, like, really soft edges disc. So all of Nintendo's weird discs were were, were my thing. But, yes, I love the, the tiny little one-gigabyte discs that they had on the GameCube. Uh, I know they were just trying to combat piracy, but I think you could still put a regular DVD in there eventually and just, just uh, still make it work. But, yeah. They said big lovers. So BM, X and Leisure Suit Larry were on GameCube. We have to find out how many GameCube games are there where you can see breasts. Yeah, we should. We should. Uh, that could be a segment in the next At couple weeks. But two. I the definitely, that, that I awful, definitely uh, saw the BMX Triple X breasts because I definitely rented that game. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Pervert. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get. <laughs> I, I I wonder if the Leisure Suit Larry on GameCube actually. What are we talking about this? Let's move on. All I, right, Jeff. <laughs> I really. I think we talked about. We did our Zelda tier list a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. Yes. Um, and we moved Ocarina of Time out of the t- top tier and had it like a, at least the, I think the tier down. I think and we I th- had the second best tier. Second best tier, right? Okay. And and I I was a big I was a big part of that work because I was like, yeah, it's not it just doesn't hold up quite as well for me as some of the other Zeldas, uh, where like yeah, it was it was definitely important at the time. But when I go back to play one of these games now, it doesn't it doesn't do the exact same things for me as some of these other games. Um, I'm so I'm going back to play because I hadn't played it in quite some time. And uh, that was part of like me getting a 3DS and stuff and uh, and getting it on there, whatever. That's the whole thing. But I got it on the 3DS and it is uh, it so far. I'm really loving it. Like I like it like the first time I played it, but I'm not far, far into it. But it's like, it, you know, all, all the basic basics are there. I'm letting myself just sort of like experience the story again. Um, you know, running across Hyrule Field definitely is never going to feel like it did the first time because like then it was like you hadn't seen that before. Yeah, and now it's just, never. And now it's just this big, empty, barren texture. And it's not nearly it's not nearly as cool as it was. There is something to be said about big, empty, barren textures sometimes, though. So, yes, for, for, yeah, it's got a, it's got a vibe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and at night when the moon comes comes up and then all the guys coming out of the ground and stuff like you know the, the skeletons or whatever that stuff is cool uh but yeah but it, it definitely the, the best parts are the quests and then and then the, gotcha. the dungeons and that stuff is still really holding up for me for the most part so uh I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna keep playing this and report back and like let people know like if i if it moves up on my tier list i guess yeah the only reason why it's not like on that top tier for me is i just don't have like this personal connection with it like I, like for whatever reason when it came out and when I was like younger, I didn't love it then. And I maybe I should have. 
uh, I don't know why. I definitely liked it a lot. I definitely uh, played it. I don't know if I beat it back then. I definitely watched other people beat it, like my brother. But I don't know. I just never really felt like, oh, this is one of my favorite games, and I have this connection to it. And I, I developed that with Wind Waker big time, and that's why Wind Waker right. always mean a little bit more to me. Yeah, it, it was definitely the kind of – it was the thing where – it came out and it was the biggest deal in the world to me. It was like, this is it. This is the game I've been waiting for. Because I, I was like, Link's Awakening is the one I fell, un- fell in love with. So I like right. had this Zelda love that was like more than anything else. And now they're coming out with this, this 3D Zelda after releasing Mario 64, which is incredible. Another of my favorite franchises, they turned it 3D and look how good it is. And so Ocarina of Time came along and it was the biggest thing. And playing it at the time, it really was incredible. Uh, oh, you can't overstate its like importance for like a 1998 right. game. It's insane yes, uh, it what they un- accomplished there. Unbelievable. And it's, it's just the, the problems are just like, can it, can it recap? capture that magic for me now and i think it, there's a chance I'm, I'm giving it a chance i mean all these zelda games after that were just kind of especially the 3d ones were just ocarina of time like clone slash accessors right. until breath of the wild so but yeah you know it, not counting which itself magic. was a links link to the past kind of interpretation anyways exactly. but yeah even even more so they really followed what led a a great time even skyward sword which you know you're playing it now it's still very ocarina of timey Yep. And you know, anyways. Uh gosh, I, I just been playing through that Streets of Rage 4 DLC on, on my Switch, which it added like the three new playable characters. And uh like first it's like I'm just gonna see how this character plays, and it's Estelle, that kind of police lady, and then I end up beating the whole game again. And then last night I'm like, all right, well they added Max in. He was he from uh from Street Streets of Rage 2, so let's play as him. See we'll see what he's like. And then I like play through half of the game again, and I'll probably beat that today. Wow. Yeah, so it's just they could just keep adding characters to that game, and I'll just keep playing through it, I guess, until the end of time, because I like Streets of Rage. I mean, that's what and, I was doing with Streets of Rage 2, anyhow, just playing it forever for over and over, once a year at least. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, at least since I met my wife. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, having another game in that series to do that with is fantastic. You know what's funny is, uh, you know what I have not done with Streets of Rage 4 yet, I think, is actually play it with somebody. Really? I don't think I've touched <laughs> two-player mode. No, I don't even know if I want to now. It's like so much of the fun for me is like, like okay, I got to throw all the people on this side over to that side, so make sure my spacing's correct mm-hmm. and I the position. You know, I feel like having huh. another person is just gonna mess things yeah, up. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna get you out of your. I, uh, I'm not control my own, uh, my own destiny there. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it now, to be honest. But uh, there's still there's one more character. It's somebody from I think he's in Streets of Rage Three. I can't remember his name, but uh, he was like one of the unlockable characters in Streets of Rage Three. So. I better, you know, uh, chat's arguing about Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. We want to sell this one for them right now and just tell them that Ocarina of Time is, in fact, better. I, I think it's probably better. I think so. But I do intend to go and play Majora's Mask after this. Uh, so like, I get it with Majora's Mask. And, you know, I just kind of talked about how so many of the games after that were basically just Ocarina of Time. Even though Majora's Mask is practically an Ocarina of Time asset flip, it is right. the one that does feel the most different. Right. Like, I, I appreciate um, them kind of being adventurous uh, with that one, like yeah. more so than I expect Breath of the Wild two to be adventurous compared to the first. I expect Breath of the Wild two to mostly be Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be. I I hope it's a little bit different, but I'll be surprised. I guess I don't expect it to be at all. But uh, uh, yeah, I think Majora's Mask was it was interesting. There's definitely some like if you get into it, if you like accept it for what it is, like if you don't like let the three day timer thing. Um, sort of cause a lot of anxiety for you. You there's a lot of cool stuff happening in that game, but I just I've never uh, felt the urge to go back and replay it after beating it like when, like way back when I first played it. Uh, and I I want to now to kind of maybe see maybe I was maybe now that I'm older my tastes have changed a little bit and it will be like the thing that I flip out for in the way some people do. But right now 
looking back, uh, Ocarina of Time was definitely my, my preference. I didn't really get it until the 3DS version came out and it had some of those improvements. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a great game. I really like it. I still like Ocarina of Time more. All right, Jeff, I think that's going to do it. Yep. Uh, we, I, I, do you want me to hit the outro button? It goes really fast. Do you want to do Jeff, it? Why don't you wait until we're like halfway through the outro? Sounds good. All right. Cool. Give it a little uh, time. Give it a little time there. All right. Sh- should I tell them where, I, where they can find me and all that stuff, Mike? Yeah. Where can where can they find you? Where can they get you? Yeah. Here's where you can get me. Uh, usually at Target because I live in the suburbs. Um, <laughs> I I am on Twitter at, at Jeff Grubb. Uh, the Discord is discord.gg slash game mess. It's free to join. Come hang out with us community is literally always popping off there's always something going on there um uh, go to patreon.com slash jeff grub that gets you to the secret channels in the discord and then uh i have the other podcast how games make money that had a new episode go up last week i think i'll have another episode going up this week too i think if not it'll go up early next week um but yeah you can subscribe to that anywhere and i'm still planning to put those videos up uh as for the giveaway uh, I will I will handle that today. So there you uh, go. if you want to sneak in like a last minute entry, you could still do that. But I bet most people left listening have already done that. And that's for uh, I, I have it over here. Ori's the Ori games. So yes, I will handle that today. Uh, once you, you ran you ran that poll. You want you want to? I'm going to end it. I'm doing it. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, you asked uh, does Mike equal Mario and Jeff Luigi or does Mike equal Luigi and Jeff equals Mario? Mike is Mario is 53 percent. So you're yeah. Luigi. Yeah. And then, yeah. It, was, it used to be, uh, there was a much bigger gap for a while. And there they, was it, actually. It, it and I thought, closer, yeah. So. Yeah. Now it's widening it again. So for 54%, let me, let me end this thing. So yeah. Uh, 54% says that you're Mario and I'm Luigi. All right. That's that, sure. that, that makes mean, some of, sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Although, although, although I do think I have Lou Albino, uh, Albano vibes a little bit more than you. You do, yeah. but I have real Mario vibes. Not All right, Mike, I hit the button. Mario. You have a minute. All right. So yeah, you uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tokoto T O L K O T O. Check out '90s Disney, my '90s Disney podcast, our newest episode about the closure of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and the addition of uh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh in Disney World is now up. Uh, Games Beat decides we do that on Fridays, so be sure to join us live on YouTube on the Jeff Grubbs Game Best channel. Next week we're going to be talking about our favorite Wii game, so everyone start pondering that. Jeff, I'm going to, for me and you, we're going to say our favorite Wii game that isn't a Mario Galaxy game. We can talk about <laughs> Mario Galaxy, but we, we, we have to think about something else too. Yeah, totally. God, yeah. We have to be able to All right, but yeah, I uh, think that's it. Thank you all so much for joining us live. Thank you for, for sure. listening. Uh, Hit that like the button. podcast version. Hit the yeah. like button. Be review. All that stuff. We really appreciate your support. The show's uh, pretty new, but it's been it's been doing really well already. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, very happy with it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like what else would I go with on the Wii? Boom blocks, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. All right, everybody. No one likes boom blocks. Uh, Steven Spielberg created that for us. Bye, everybody. Steven Spielberg's a pervert. And if you're watching live and wondering why we're taking a break, it's because I have to go pee. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to see if I get a flute or something here. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, everybody. Uh, I, I should add some more names to that, to that thing right now, actually. I, you know, um, if you want a last minute entry into the giveaway, I think that's still fair. Uh, if you want to go give us a rating on, on whatever or give us a thumbs up now on, on YouTube just to help us people find the show, that helps. Thank you, Deep Thinker. We'll get to your thing tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wow, man, everyone's moving here. Um, I, I will, we'll talk about that here on the show in a second. Uh, how does Mike do this? You know, I could just put on my Arby's hat and just look like a goof. Would that be good? Supper! <laughs> I don't like.
like that he's listening to us while he goes pee. That's the problem. Oh, he's out right now. Oh, come on. All right. And then, yeah. See, I look, I look pretty handsome. It does not work with the headphones on. Yeah, I need a gimmick for solo. Mo yes, I need to come up with something. I, you know, I can juggle a little bit. Let me see if I have any balls. Not like that. My lack of offspring allows me to develop skills and hobbies. These, these are like Lego pieces. They're pretty light, so it's not going to work very well. Yep. What the hell are you doing? Doesn't work very well. <laughs> uh, you know, you better, than better than I could do. Better than I could do. You know what? Do. I got one right Fair here enough. for you. Well, guys, I'm sorry I had to leave you like that. You did not hear me peeing. Thank God you're back. They didn't hear. They didn't hear. Did they hear? Could they hear I, the stream? I couldn't. I don't think I could. But I think I Pablo took my headphones off for a second. But that's it. If you if you listen, you had to take your earphones off or whatever. That's an invasion of privacy. Shame on you. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. Let's get back a, to this. What a show. What a show. What All stream. right. What a stream. <laughs> All right. All oh. right. Okay. <clears throat> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.